0: All right, guys. We're here with Alan Osgar. Alan has a PhD in exercise physiology um, from the University of Miami. Alan has been one of the one a person that I, I really admire a lot because of his knowledge on the fitness industry. Um, and yeah, I just wanted to get a quick moment to speak with him. Hey, Alan, man, how you doing, brother? Good, Roger. How are
1: you?
0: I'm doing wonderful, man. Up in this quarantine, you know.
1: I know. Thanks for having me. It's exciting.
0: Anytime, man. So, tell me a little bit about yourself, Alan. Tell me a little bit about um, how you got into the into the fitness industry and what and stuff like you're doing right now.
1: Yeah, actually, so it's it's actually a long story, but um, briefly, you know, I'm a coach, I'm an educator, I'm a researcher, um, with three degrees in sports sciences. I pretty much um, I used to be a professional athlete. Um, so I played um. I played almost 12 years basketball, but five years were like professional. And then I became a a basketball coach for a a collegiate team back in Turkey. Um, And then I did um, pretty much coaching almost around three years. Meanwhile, I was doing my master's uh, in um, exercise biochemistry and muscle physiology. Then um, I came to to Miami to do my PhD in exercise physiology at the University of Miami. And uh, Before that, actually, I wasn't very on the fitness industry aspect of it, but as I started uh, doing my PhD at the University of Miami, um, uh, you know, while teaching and researching, I started working for National Council on Strength and Fitness. It's kind of, it's one of the globally accredited certifying agencies in in the United States, and um, they, um, I was working with them to create educational content, and I was um, also doing some, uh, uh personal training uh workshops or um I, I taught their personal training class at Broward College and um oh wow that's, that's awesome. how yeah that's how I um got involved in the fitness side because it was still in between education and the fitness world and then I was I was training um you know some clients. However I officially started being on the actual fitness industry side with my um, journey at Equinox. So I started training there like last year. And um, it's been, yeah, it's exactly, it's unbelievable, but it's been literally a year. I started last year, <laughs> uh, April 15 at Equinox, and it's been oh, a wow. year of training. Yeah. Uh, that's my Equinox experience. Um, then, um, I'm currently uh uh holding um a position at Tap Hot Fitness Miami as the director of uh high performance. And um yeah, that's
0: uh pretty much it. That's awesome, man. That's pretty quite the resume that you got right there. <laughs> So let me ask you this a little bit. So talk to me a little bit about your, about your pro athlete days. How was how, how that? Where did you play? Um, how was that experience?
1: Okay, so, yeah. So um, Turkey has, um, actually, so after NBA is the, obviously by far the top league. But the mm-hmm. second league in the world is called EuroLeague, right? Yeah. It's so-called, uh, you know, Europe's best teams. are 18. It, The format constantly changes, but currently there are 18 teams and, um, you know, at the top of Euroleague before the suspension, but there's like a Turkish team. Um, so Turkey invests in basketball and, um, the, the top league is pretty competitive. And when I was growing up, I grew up with, um, watching Michael Jordan. Uh, you know, I was, I fell in love with basketball after, you know, watching Jordan. And then I wanted to be a basketball player and, um, and ultimately, you know, overseas, you become, there's no NCAA. As you turn into 18, you become professional. Yeah. So I was I was um, at um, the academy of uh, your underage teams of uh, a, a strong franchise. It was called Telecom. So I was with them. It was one of the top four uh, franchises in Turkey back in the day. Uh, and um, yeah, I became pro and I went to... I played in, so they, we have a second division, which is uh, the D-League. Imagine a D-League, usually young players play. And yep. that, that second league, I played five years actively um, uh, to gain, you know, so at, at first it was about to gain experience, but like I played five seasons. And um, I've seen that I couldn't make it to the top league, that uh, which is really competitive uh, with, plays from all over the world so it uh and i decided to move towards the science aspect of it because i was really into it and i thought if i learn a lot i can be a good coach or you know i can still be actively involved in sports mm-hmm. um, so that's how my journey started i played for like Ankara which is a, a a team in capital city uh, I played at Bolu, I played at, at Sumer Holding, which were they were all uh, teams in, uh, based in the capital city of Banca.
0: That's awesome, man. That's pretty cool. So then you after you, you did your career, you started to get into, into the science aspect of it, and that's when you moved back to Miami? We moved to Miami, sorry?
1: Exactly, exactly. So I finished my master's. And I said, I had to do something different. I was in a pretty good program in Turkey. I would say maybe the best program in sports sciences. So I said, going through the same school, like same department, it doesn't look good on the resume. I wanted to make a difference. And I was planning to either studying at Europe or United States. And, you know, when I did my research, it was actually pretty clear because, you know, the... uh, both fitness industry and you know sports and athletics in the United States is pretty really, um, big and yeah. uh, and the best in the world. So so does the science. So that's why I decided to do my studies in in, in the U.S. and that's how I and came to
0: University of Miami. That's awesome, man. So, you went to the University of Miami, went on and got a PhD in exercise physiology. How long did that take you?
1: It took me seven years. It was a long journey. Oh, wow. It was a long journey. Yeah. Typically, a PhD takes about like five to six years um, in you know, science yeah. uh, related areas. And um, mine took a little bit longer because due to some problems in my dissertation um because it was a, a big a clinical study and we needed to recruit patients and the first year uh, of my dissertation the the hospital that we were supposed to recruit from bailed out from the study because of the, a change in management so oh, wow. i had to yeah so then we went back and ultimately Thanks to University of Miami's um, uh, Department of Family Medicine at the medical school. We partnered with them. It was the first time that our kinesiology department partnered with um, medical school in a research study, and we recruited through them, and we we did that study on University of Miami employees. It was a training study. Uh, It was a 12 week long uh, training study, um, and I compared two different modalities of high intensity interval training on cardiometabolic uh, risk factors.
0: Interesting, man. That's pretty, quite remarkable. Yeah, so.
1: that, was, that was a fun study. For those who doesn't know what exercise physiology is, it's basically, it's a study of exercise's effects on living organisms or on um, systemic cellular and molecular level. You know? So it basically, it's a, under physiology. It's the same thing that, you know, that you learn at the medical school in physiology, but mm-hmm. exercise physiology uses exercise as a stress factor. So typically that can be uh, a, a medication's effects to your physiology or it can be altitude's effect to your uh, physiology or heat, cold, exposure. But exercise is a mechanical stress, and that mechanical stress effects on your muscles, your heart, your um you know, genes, uh, your lungs, anything or related or systemic means on cardiovascular system. For instance, your blood pressure, your blood glucose regulation, uh, those type of stuff. And it can can move towards the strength and conditioning aspect or athletic side too, you know. So, you know, power, force production, strength, anything uh, that you name.
0: Wow. That's a great explanation for a lot of people there. I love it. So let me ask you this. What do you think about the current fitness industry um, where now you're working on after you've done all these studies? What, what's your thought? What are your thoughts on, on the fitness industry?
1: If you want me if you want my honest opinion, (laughs) it's hard to put it in. I think the fitness industry is booming, it's great, right? It's great. And there's always, There'll be always goods and bads it's obviously our ch- choice or our account uh, our um, uh, how can I say it's it's all on us you know to be to pick the right thing and if you're doing the right things you'll get great results if you're not you know it's still doing something is better than doing nothing yeah. but excessive amount of uh you know since the business is lucrative there's excessive amount of trainers there's excessive amount of maybe um fitness facilities and a lot of them are going out of business you know there's it's kind of a natural selection but the yeah. quality wise unfortunately it's not as we want and all the good trainers are people who are knowledgeable or the scientists, you know, just name it, who are, have certain credentials who are at a certain level, are quiet, obviously aware of the current situation. There is like so many interesting things going on in this industry too, because it, even you see, you know, in your daily practices, you see, you witness so many bizarre things. And um, yeah. I think ultimately, Ultimately, you know, it's gonna get better. But if you ask my opinion at the moment, you know, it's it can it can definitely be better. You can okay. definitely have more um, qualified exercise professionals, and it all comes that. down to I think uh, education, knowledge, and um, there has to be. Besides the certifications, you know, there has to be more all the facilities have should hold their trainers accountable. And there has to be certain metrics that they need to meet, you know what I mean, to, to have that. So we are lucky. We work at Econox. Econox has the highest standards of education, continuous education. Let's put it that way. Mm-hmm. Um, not every trainer starts at Econox has a lot of knowledge, but they can provide those, you know, really um, necessary knowledge to them and uh, you can come to a certain level. Um, yeah. However, not every brand is providing this and-
0: And you um, think they should?
1: Maybe, yeah, I mean, it's obviously a cost. And yeah. there is no regulations, you can't do much about it. And if you look back the history, back at the history, you know, like lately we have still more regulations and right now the global aspect of it is, you know, so through, um, IC reps it's, which is international Confederation of Registers for Exercise Professionals. Uh-huh. Um, the chair of this organization is the umbrella organization for all the certified exercise professionals, uh, cert- certified exercise professionals, let me put it that way. And so if you have a personal training certification in London, you know, it may be valid, you know, so a global effort has to be done so that, you know, uh, there'll be like a worldwide um, credentialing system that can help us, you know, to differentiate between really, you know, like accredited exercise professionals versus non-accredited ones
0: got it so that leads me to, to this question like how how well prepared do you think somebody um entering the fitness industry so let's say you know i'm john doe um, um, i decided to go online and get a personal a certified personal trainer certificate at cpt and i'm going into the fitness fitness industry before this i was probably mm, let's say i don't know i worked uh, at a bank for eight, eight years and you know i'm just starting this off i like working out how well prepared do you think this john doe was just this personal training certificate um is uh, i wouldn't say compared to compared to you but compared to, to to general knowledge needed um to be a successful personal trainer
1: i get it so in my opinion it's you know the degrees or the certification doesn't mean much if the person is really putting that time and you know uh, accumulating that knowledge and has the ability to Uh, Reflect those knowledge to the weight room or the floor, however you name it. um, Then that that person can't doesn't need anything. You know, you would see the best coaches. There are great coaches, probably don't hold any certifications in any (laughs) anything. Mm -hmm. It doesn't necessarily requires that. However, when it comes to personal training, if you're talking about personal training, it's a technical. so, you have to have a certain amount of knowledge. But let me put it this way I'm talking about the top certifications who are globally accredited.
0: I can't hear you, man. Hold on. Yo, Ozzy. I can't hear you, bro. Hello? Go ahead. Yeah, now it's good.
1: Yeah. So, the, the top certifications that you would know. I don't know if, he, I, if it's okay that I drop the names, but... Um,
0: yeah, man, you can drop anything here.
1: Yeah. Uh, so ACSM, NSCA, ACSF, ACE, NASM. Um, so these, these are providing you the knowledge, the benchmark knowledge. You know, if you don't know these things, that you are not allowed to do this you know, job, because those are <laughs> bare minimums.
0: Which, so is, yeah, which is, I feel, yeah, which is, I feel many people. Human body. Okay. Yeah, about about human weight body. training, you yeah. know,
1: about human physiology, like very basic things, very, very minimum knowledge that helps you to not to kill your
0: client. <laughs> <laughs> so, okay. Yeah. The, so, having the basic knowledge. Yeah. I mean, so I feel like there's it, a bunch of people.
1: And it doesn't mean at all. I'm discertified. Oh, I'm. No, you're not great. You're not the best. You're not the. You need a lot more to it. Yeah. Including experience, including more knowledge, more, you know, like reading, attending workshops, seminars, conferences, whatever. Learn as much as possible. That's, that's what I would um, suggest. I like it. To, I like that. To personal trainers and even uh, the managers, you know. Uh, Managers of the facilities that they have to be, they have to be. They are in charge of doing the continuing education, so they need to improve themselves as well.
0: Got it. I like that, man. That's a that's a pretty good answer. I feel like there's a that you touched on a point that it's 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 baseline. I think there's a lot of people that are not even meeting the baseline that they're just calling themselves trainers and and they're not. And I feel like that's one of the, from my personal opinion, one of the problems in the in the industry there's a bunch of people offering workouts when they haven't even gone through you know a weekend course to understand how the body reacts to certain things or how the body is supposed to react to certain things or how to get results from people and i feel a lot of people shy away from training just because they had a bad experience with a previous trainer that that didn't put in that work so i guess at least that's my my take on it on that exactly yeah. So, okay, cool. Let me ask you, let me ask you this question here now. Leah. What, what's one of the biggest challenges that you've had as a personal trainer?
1: One of the biggest challenges that I had as a personal trainer was, um, to be honest with you, I was um, the sales aspect of it, which I was never uh, used to. Used to do it, yeah, exactly. because uh, when I was, you know, um, as a coach, I you know, I had certain salary and I was, um, as training athletes, then I started training people, but I wasn't even uh, pitching that, so I would they were asking me to train them, so yeah. that, now it completely flipped the other way around, and you have to really have a good, um sales knowledge, as well as,
0: um, the skills, the
1: the soft skills is definitely more important than what you can learn as a salesperson. you know, a new, uh, a trainer because, but obviously over time. So I'm talking about at the very beginning, at the very beginning, over time, once you, prove your skills you know it becomes a lot easier then then the challenges are different then the challenges are different than the time management and taking care of yourself because of the crazy calendar you have you you can't even find much time to (laughs) take care of yourself that's uh, the second a, level challenge.
0: Yeah, that's a that's a great. Let's t- let's touch up a little bit on that. T- let, let walk me through, you know, like a regular Tuesday on your schedule, let's say, so people can have a like kind of an idea of what being a trainer is. And exactly.
1: So, uh, uh, I, I, on a the regular Tuesday, if you're asking me, before the pandemic, uh, my of Tuesday, course. I was I was uh, uh, waking up around six i had a 7 a.m client and i it starts multiple sessions then have a lunch break and then i have afternoon sessions starting at two going moving forward um uh, you know a few more sessions and then you come home you know I, if uh you know um if i can do a workout if i'm feeling good i do the workout yeah. And I eat and then I sleep because I have to really wake up early in the morning.
0: <laughs> 10 yeah, now,
1: what I noticed, actually, it's funny. Uh, I still can't pass that 10.30 is a big barrier, You know, even though I don't have to wake <laughs> up very early in the morning right now. When yeah. it's 10.30, I'm like start collapsing because I'm like <laughs> very used to sleeping early and get, uh, getting up early. Uh, yeah, so... It's it's over and over and over again, only on weekends. And obviously, I was doing other stuff. I was doing working on the creative side as well for for a bit. I was trying to uh, write stuff for National Council of Strength Fitness. And I yeah. was also, I am um, writing my own um, uh, stuff, like uh, some scientific paper and um, a book that I'm trying to create. So on the weekends, I, were, I was working on these. So it's
0: just a constant constant um, hustle. And, a constant hustle. You know, so, exactly. so, yeah, what I'm hearing is that you have a bunch of clients aligned throughout the day. They're not, you know, spread out evenly. So you have some in the morning, some in the afternoon. Yeah. You got them in the weekend. You got to, you know, try to squeeze some workouts in here and there. Try to squeeze a lunch here and there, you know. But still, you have to program. You have to attend to meetings. You have to do all of this stuff, you know, during the week. It's not, it's not the easiest thing, right?
1: Exactly. It's, it's a very, it's a very draining job. And when you're younger, it's a, you know, it's, it can be tolerable, but over time, you know, um, uh, it's, it's not an easy job unless you have as select clientele and, uh, you're just working limited hours. You just decide on your hours. You know, if you come at, to that level, that is another story, but like, um, as someone starting or, uh, you know, trying to be successful in person training business, you have to put a lot of hours. There's no, no private time. Almost. You know, if you find, if you have a new client and he wants to train on Saturday, then you have to cancel it because it's a new, new client. There's no private life at, uh, at all. the very beginning, you know, like yeah. uh, initial levels and even the you know middle levels unless as i said you are a very established uh, trainer that you decide on your own hours
0: of course awesome man that's a that's some that's some great I- insight for anybody who, who wants to be a trainer i feel like that's all true i go through all that stuff myself Not so either. let me ask you this what's on the future for you what's going on in the future what are your plans what are your goals what are you working on
1: so as i said i my background is very like all over the place so i was an athlete i was in a you know athletics and then i switched to sports science and this, the initial part was a little bit more too scientific <laughs> um then um i wanted to something hands-on that's why i picked my last uh you know program at um and then i um I had the chance to work with graduate program director of strength and conditioning with Brian B. Jolie. Uh, on, in, at his Australian conditioning program. And that and it reminded me that how I am enthusiastic about athletic performance development. And I um, almost took his classes twice. And then I kind of was, he, was at NCSF, helped him to, you know, um, on certain projects. And I, I, I was really enthusiastic about working at professional level, um, basketball primarily about any you know, soccer and basketball and that's still in, on my mind I want to really so I have multiple goals let me put it that way I have multiple goals but it's I want to work uh, with professional athletes um, and um, and then after that I want to my ultimate goal if you ask my ultimate goal yeah so that's the only checkbox that is left over for me actually um, and then Ultimately, I want to create my own brand and maybe facility. I know that you're against this, but I want to (laughs) somehow uh, one day create my own facility that where I can train uh, elite athletes as well as, um, you know, a select clientele, um, you know, and and, a boutique facility that I really want to create and um, and then do something really uh, special there, you know, like uh, a different than what um, a lot of facilities offer. So making it a little bit more um, um, sophisticated and, and uh, scientific.
0: I like it. That's a great goal. I mean, I'm not against gyms. I'm just against anybody open a gym. I think if you want to open a gym, I think you could, (laughs) you should definitely take your time. and think. Not you. I think you're, you're definitely qualified. Yeah, I'm
1: not, uh, this is not a a goal of uh, 2022, (laughs) you know, like maybe even, you know, it's not a short time, you know, like it's my ultimate goal. Uh, One day if I can do that, you know, I'll, I'll, and, And the next step when I'm like older, like my my 50s, then I want to teach at the universities and uh, at a university, whatever, it can be my own home country like in Turkey or here in the United States and share my knowledge with people. Because um, that's what I think um, a good trainer, a good scientist or, you know, someone has a leadership ability has to share what he knows you know um and um i think sharing and giving back is one of the major um things that uh, successful people need to do
0: to do i like it i i respect that i feel that that's one of the reasons why we all get into this you know to help out to make people be better and it's our responsibility to pass the torch on that um that's awesome man and are there any resources that you feel like have helped you a lot in your journey
1: um, so actually in my journey um, i was uh, really into reading a lot and i started with reading like books and then i switched to reading uh, peer reviewed scientific articles journals so if you want to reach the latest scientific evidence in sports and exercise science and updated performance development you need to Full of certain journals and um, some of them that I can suggest people who are interested are like uh, Journal of Physiology, Journal of Applied Physiology, Strength and Conditioning Journal, NSCA's uh, Medicine and Science and Sports and Exercise, that's ACSM's journal uh, which has really um, high impact factor. Um, other than that for um, New England Journal of Medicine is, is a very uh, established um, um, medical journal that has sometimes great uh, articles about exercise. And if you ask me about certain books, I mean, for exercise physiology, uh, Scott Powers' uh, "Exercise Physiology: Theory and Application to Fitness and Performance" is kind of a bible. About if you want to learn about exercise physiology and muscle physiology, he is a, a, a very uh, like a well-known muscle physiology researcher from University of Florida, and um, and also for when it comes to athletic performance development and training, um, I worked with NCSF for a long time, and I really respect Dr. Brian B. Julie. So it's his um, advanced concepts of strength and conditioning by Dr. Brian B. Julie, who is the executive director of. Uh, uh, National Council on Strength and Fitness, mm-hmm. and also Zatsiorsky and Kramer's um, book is an amazing book for trainers too. That um, who wants to learn a little bit more details about um, you know at athletic performance development and um, their their book. I forgot what was it, theory and application. I think it was like something like that. What's your scheme? Science and practice of strength training.
0: Okay. Awesome. So, um, what you that, recommend for new trainers, you, you, you recommend, or for anybody in this expertise?
1: Yeah, for new trainers and who, people who are. Who wants to learn the science aspect of, uh, you know, exercise and sports, and actually, yet even if they want to prepare for, you know, um, strength conditioning certification, so NCSF CSC certified strength coach, or an NCS CSCS, uh, you know, if you want to get prepared for that, or for still professional development, um, you know, you'll learn a lot because those. the authors are really very well known and very successful uh, people um, in both you know like education and training aspects so that would be really helpful for their careers
0: I love it man I think those resources I'm going to look into them myself that's pretty good I'll try to find those books and put them in the show notes for any for anybody that, that uh, that's interested Thank you, thank you, bro. All right, all right, brother. Where can where can people what where can, where can people find you?
1: So as soon as this is over, I'll be yeah I'll be back in the training business and um, yeah you, know, you can find me all around Miami training people my clients um, and um, you can reach out to me from my Instagram account at Alan Osgar A L A N O Z G U um, R and yeah, people can reach out from there if they are interested in, and in, a uh, lifestyle coaching and high performance management.
0: All right, man. Awesome. Thank you very much for uh, sharing all this knowledge and for your time. Thank you. All right, brother. Talk later. Talk to you later. Uh,